And welcome back to another episode of the Geeks and Trains. me, your boy Eli. It's me, Joe. And so, recently, uh, not a while long ago, they announced uh, the Oscars. We're not talking about the Oscars, thank God, because I don't have the patience for that, for something like that. Um, but they did recently talk about um, some of the animation categories, that being uh, Turning Red, uh, Poos and Boots, I think there's another one I'm probably forgetting. Oh, Shelly, uh, the Seashell one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah from eight, uh, 824. And uh, I what, I'm about to say Vanessa del Toro, but Guillermo del Toro is uh, Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. And so I saw that, and then I was reminded by one of um, the statements that Guillermo del Toro recently made that essentially wanted to, made me want to like think about making an episode essentially sitting around this. It is the idea of animation as a genre, not a... Not, as, as a medium rather than a genre and obviously um that brings up a lot of questions like what does it mean to, for it to be uh, animation to be a genre i mean a medium rather than a genre and also like what is this perception of animation that a lot of people tend to have that you know thankfully we're starting to break barriers and with a lot of that stuff but you know there's still some you know things we gotta you know to fight off Hey, yeah, because um, I think there is uh, sort of a, I, would, I guess I wouldn't say stigma against animated movies, but um, there is, a, uh, a, I think, a percentage of the population that sort of sees uh, most, if not all, animation uh, as just uh, for children. Mm-hmm. You know, that's sort of a thought and like, you know, there can't be any sort of serious storytelling or stu- mm. you know it's 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 not it. it's not for adults unless it's made for adults yeah cuz like when you think of adult animation you think of the simpsons or family guy or all those animated sitcoms that are on like the various network tvs like adult channels. swim uh hbo well i mean yeah like that too like you know, just like Rick and Morty is like considered an adult animated show, but it's not like that's like I feel like that's the only way like animation sort of seen as for mature audiences is when there is like uh, I guess with the exception of The Simpsons, like a lot of crassness, uh, you know, cursing and all you know all that sort of uh, blood stuff. and violence. Yeah, blood, violence, sex jokes, you know, all that stuff. It's it's part of the reason I think. Uh, yeah, you know, it's just, that's sort of like, it's like a weird way of like, look at how edgy we are, you know, kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. like, look at how different we are from just regular cartoons, you know, which you expect are just regular cartoons are for kids, and, you know, we're different because we can say, you know, um, all these <laughs> bad words and show all this blood and, like, maybe some nudity, mm-hmm. not really, but, you know, that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, yeah, that is a bit of like a you know, misleading in terms of, like, how animation is kind of seen, or rather, like, the ways animation can be used yeah. in order to tell stories and stuff like that. And, like, I want to bring that up with, like, talking with, about, um, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, because, uh, last year we had, like, three Pinocchio movies, and all of them are really weird and different, um, but I think Guillermo del Toro one stands on top, because it's one of those things where... 
Because, like, the one that came out was the one with Pauly Shore, the one that everyone was making fun of because it was just too uh, much. Yeah, that one was, like, straight up probably, like, meant for, like, straight to DVD. Kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah. And the other one was um, Disney's... Uh, Remake. Which was not received very well. Um, it looks very much like what you expect live-action Disney movies to be at this point. Yeah. Based on animated properties. Uh, and obviously you have Game of the Toros, which is the one that everyone was talking about because it was so different. It was stop motion. It was fully animated. Um, and it had themes that not only um, were central to what Pinocchio was always about in the books, but also it had a lot of things that made it different. Um, the ending itself is a very different one from what you expect from Pinocchio. But also like surprisingly mature themes i was like when i was watching i was like wow this is surprisingly adult considering it's supposed to be or for most people would see it as a sort of like you know a thing for kids because once you hear pinocchio you're like oh yeah pinocchio uh that's for kids right and this one like, oh no no we're talking about fascism um the idea of life and death fucking kid gets killed in the first five minutes of the movie <laughs> And I mean, but I mean, like, and he gets, but I mean, by being killed, I'm like, oh, they drop a bomb on this kid. Oh God! And this, and you know, and Geppetto is, uh, is a depressed uh, drunk who's, you know, he lost his son. He's went to alcoholism, and it's just like really just a destroyed man he is. And it's has a lot of things that are going around. And it's like, oh wow, this is like surprisingly adult. But I think like. That that comes to the point where you know Tom was saying like it's a medium like it's a it's a method of storytelling right, uh, but it's still something that you can show your kids. The kids are gonna have fun, you know. It's a colorful, fun Pinocchio movie, but it still has like these themes, these like these this idea of a very mature story through the lens of like something that you would expect it to be for kids. Yeah, and it's not to say that there hasn't been any. Uh... Uh, anime movies that are kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like off the top of my head, I can think of like at least a couple, and I think they're mainly sort of like, uh, what was it? Um, Secret of Nim kind of has a little bit of a. It's a kids, you know, it's an anime movie, mm-hmm. um, based off of a book that I'm pretty sure was like, and you know, it has a lot of darker elements to it because it's like a whole thing about like rats being experimented on and they gain intelligence and blah 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 and. Uh, and there's some various elements of, like, you know, there's various, like, themes going on there, and it's just, like, you know, this one mat, rat, uh, uh, what was her name, Miss Frisbee? Frisbee? Yeah, 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 uh, the, 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 the mom. Yeah, who has to go out and just help her, one of her sons, because he's super sick, and she has to, you know, find some way to help him, and she goes on this sort of long trek adventure, just going through all these sort of uh harrowing scenarios just to save her son and you know there's a lot of uh, themes and elements there too that you could consider it to be a bit more mature than you would normally think and as well as sort of the animation itself uh, i think by you know don bluth and you know his whole uh studio uh you know it holds up in that sort of regard uh and yeah you know clearly there is more to it than just uh talking rats just going on a little adventure no there's like there's a bit more stakes to it and i think that's really sort of just evidence of uh i guess Guillermo de toro's sort of thinking of animation being you know a medium because 
or just animated films in general, because yeah, like there is a lot of ways animation can be used in a lot of ways to tell different types of stories. I mean, yeah, you can't have just those um, very child friendly um, sort of uh, yeah, something, something like I guess you would kind of relate to Disney. Yeah, like not super. Like I would imagine, like um, some of like Disney's earlier works, maybe mm-hmm. you can imagine, like just having that sort of you know meant for kids kind of thing. And I guess uh, just to stray away from movies a little bit, a lot of like kids programming, especially for younger audiences, um, kind of has that sort of feel of uh, you know. Like, they're, like, mostly just nursery rhymes and that sort of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, they're, like, they're meant for, like, kids, like, like, this is for your kid to watch while you go do something, it'll, it'll sit them down for the next five to ten minutes. Yeah, I think it's also just sort of evocative of, like, some of the other stuff uh, that's been on the rise with the internet, too, like, all those, uh, I remember when there was those, the, the Baby Shark song yeah. or whatever, or, uh, uh, I think... I don't even know what it's called, but it's just like these animated like music shorts with these little kids. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that like parents just put on their phones for their kids just to watch. Because again, you know, they're like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, watch this while I, you know, to calm you down while I have to do other things. Which I think is sort of like, I think uh, something that we'll circle back to, but it is one of those. I think that's partially the reason why I think some people like to say the animation in general is for kids because there is so much content like that for kids you know but uh clearly you know we have places where you know there's more to it than that like there's various movies that can showcase deeper themes and uh more interesting uh thought-provoking uh scenarios with the use of animation yeah no i i totally agree with with that statement because like um one of the one one anime film that always comes to mind that is based on like well it's one's based on a comic book but it's also based on like the life of this uh young islamic girl uh persepolis that was a movie that um you know you can totally show it to a kid and they'll enjoy it they might understand like what's going on, but like, it's it, it, if you're an adult, you can be like, oh, oh, that's what's going. On. Oh, okay, you know, it's it's a mature story told through animation, and and I think what a lot of people tend to forget about with animation is that you can get a lot, you can get away with a lot of stuff, and I don't mean like oh, sex and violence. I'm like, no, you have this sort of you know imagine it, it with 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 animation and art and all that stuff you're able to like fully expand on that sort of realm of your imagination like stuff that you couldn't really do with live action and you know it, it you're st- and what matters is also the you can still help it with the writing you know we talked about this before with um the lion king you know when they made the live action version where you know simba being a ti- a lion, I'm about to call him a tiger. Um, in in the original, he the amount of expressions he can make, the movements of some things, that can only be done through animation, and you wouldn't get the same feeling if you saw it live action because that's not how that works. 
first of all, I would like to state that technically the the remake is not live action. Okay, fair. When, when I did say. I, I, I'm just saying, like, I get people like to say that, but it's not. They're all just 3D realistic models. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you are correct in the statement that in the original, because it is 2D uh, hand drawn animation. Not saying, and, and not saying you can't do this with 3D. We've, we've you been... can't, yeah, it's not saying you can't do it in 3D, but because the movie is so hell bent on looking as realistic as possible, mm-hmm. you know, that means you can't pull off all these various uh, expressions and like facial features of, of that you would see in the, the original Lion King on a realistic looking lion. Because that looks so uncanny. Because you're like, hey, wait a minute, a lion doesn't look like that. Now I remember there are mock-ups of of uh, that are online where like people made it uh, more similar to the design of the Disney uh, of the original, mm-hmm. like but as a 3D model, which works a bit better. But I mean, it's not what the 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 person intended. No, it's not what uh, John Favreau or any of them else intended because. Weirdly enough, like it's weird because it feels like in the uh, in the in the movie that they did this before with uh, the Jungle Book, yeah, it kind of was all right. Mm-hmm. Like I think I guess part of because I, I feel like in the Jungle Book there were some a bit exaggerations with some of the like at least some of the designs mm. of some of these characters, especially with uh, I think uh, what's his name King Louie? Yeah, King Louie was a freaking giant. Yeah, he's a giant ass. Uh, I think he's supposed to be a uh, in the movie in the remake. He's supposed to be a gigantopithecus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they're still able to like give him some like weird like facial features without having it. Like he still looks realistic, but he's able to I think pull it off well. Mm-hmm. You know, the, at least the animation team behind it. But yeah, with uh, the Lion King remake, they went hella hard on trying to make it look as realistic as possible. And yeah, it just does not look right. Like it wouldn't even it wouldn't look right for them to even like make these lions like smile or do those expressions. That's why everybody says that like, well, this looks, this looks so emotionless. You know, mm-hmm. it's like yeah, of course it's emotionless because these animals you made these animals look too realistic. They can't emote like we can. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, yeah, that is sort of like the big thing. Uh, like you were saying, that animation can promote you to do a bunch of stuff that normally can't be done in live action. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you can express a lot of things way more fluently than in, say, a live action uh, movie and stuff. And like, and just to say, that's just to say, like that being realistic isn't impossible. There's other forms of animation you can use to to make that work. Rotoscope has been a thing for years. You know the the works of um, why am I forgetting his name? The Basky. Guy. Basky is like but, no, it's a uh, I mispronounced it, but I know what you're talking about the guy who did the uh, those old school uh, Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, and he did like a lot of other stuff that was like way like super adult and stuff. Like look at you can look at his work and like it's like wow, like he took he did stuff with animation that like normally not a lot of people would do, like even especially with rotoscoping. Because you can look at those old, uh, the old animated uh, Lord of the Rings movies, uh, that one specifically, not the 
Bass. Uh, was it um, Reagan Bass? Reagan Bass ones. Uh, but those are still pretty good. <laughs> yeah, but the but the one he made, you, you, that that one was like a level of like artistic, you know, idea that went into there. You know, mixing two D with rotoscopes and like having that sort of fear, especially installed into in there really well with the with the wraiths. But yeah, no, it's 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 weird to me that a lot of people just don't really consider animation to be that sort of like important or they just view it as sort of one thing especially nowadays because like there's this sort of rise and granted this might be more of like the older generations and stuff younger people might see it differently i think like like for us when we were growing up we had stuff like batman the animated series and i'm blanking out on some of the stuff um but there was a lot of like um stuff that was not only on tv but also like movie wise that you know going back to him like oh wait this is actually a lot more mature than i thought it was i mean yeah um i guess you could argue like stuff like the iron giant back in the day oh yeah that that that's uh that... yeah because like when we i'm like when i was watching as a kid it never i never knew and because this you know i didn't have you know i was a kid i didn't know anything man i was just a kid i didn't realize like what the time period was and how much all the stuff around her made sense as to the fear of the iron giant yeah because the movie is basically set in the 50s um and there is a you know there's a lot of uh cold war tensions uh obviously you have alien stuff going on with the iron giant you know like a lot of the yeah a lot of details you probably wouldn't notice Mm -hmm. make a lot more sense when you realize oh the settings in the 1950s Okay, that's why certain things are the way they are in this movie or whatever. Mm. Um, There's a certain reason why that art guy is dressed like uh, Andy Andy Warhol <laughs> without yeah, the white hair, and why they call him a beatneck and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, there, there's there's that. Um, I know. I, I guess uh, even though this was probably a bit later in our development, but and yeah, Avatar: The Last Airbender. You know, like in 2007, mm-hmm. 2008, I think. So, it, but we were still, you know, definitely in that age range of being able to watch that stuff and being invested in stuff. Because yeah, you you are right. There there was at least a couple of that sort of shows of like, yeah, here's kids shows, but they use the medium of animation to do all these things and actually tell like a bit more of a proper story rather than just being sort of just. Um, you know, um, not to say anything about, like, stuff from the 80s, but, uh, like... A little more mature writing. <laughs> yeah, a bit more mature writing and stuff. Yeah, because, like, you and I have talked about this before, especially with Avatar The Last Airbender. It's, like, um, a lot of that earlier, especially that first season, that was very kid... Not now say kid-friendly, but, like, sort of, like... There was a bit more, uh, like, oh, lightheartedness. Yeah, they were like, it's an adventure, guys cool stuff and then like as you start like as you start going in it's like oh there's a lot more um messed up stuff going on uh child abuse (laughs) yeah yeah war crimes genocide and all that stuff and like you not to say you couldn't do that in live action of course like you know there's at least there's a second attempt going on right now but like like you're still you can tell this story through animation or like live action just depends on what medium you choose 
And obviously, I think animation was the one that would make sense, considering the stuff they wanted to do, especially... With all the effects and, well, the, yeah, the, the fights and all that stuff. Yeah, and, like, the fact that it's very anime-inspired, you know, with a lot of the art design and a lot of the themes around there. And, you know, you can, you can go even further that with Korra, which is, uh, came out around the time when I was in college, or going into college, and that had more, you know, much more brand animation, yes, but it started going into more of, like, a mature like you know self-doubt um anxiety and a lot of other stuff that you're like oh wow this is actually again this is something you you look at and you're like oh, this is intended for kids and then, uh, yeah we're still talking about tv shows but you know this also goes into like movies and stuff uh but like there's there's themes that like as an adult you're like oh wow that's that so that's what's going on i totally get it now this is like something that you know I wouldn't get as a kid, but I would still enjoy it because one, it looks cool, fight scenes are awesome, and like, it's a cartoon. Mm. But also, it's a cartoon that I, as an adult, can enjoy. Yeah, no, I no, I definitely understand that. Mm. Um, I think is uh, and to make this more of an interesting discussion, because as uh, I know, there's probably some people thinking about, well, what about anime? Yeah. <laughs> You know, because, and I think it's, because most, you know, if you look into anime and stuff, they're, like, anime is definitely more of a, like, I think it sticks a lot to the idea of a medium than a genre, because, mm-hmm. it's, you know, anime is, you know, it's Japanese animation, straight up. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's called anime because that's just how it is in Japan. Hell, Japan will call any animation, anything animated anime, um, friggin' Spongebob, if, you know, that shows up on there, they call it an anime. Mm-hmm. Same thing with, like, King of the Hill and stuff. It, it's called anime over there. That's just, for at least the uh, anime, Japanese perspective. Anime is short for animation for them. Yeah, like... France is the same, uh, well, they don't call it, like, anime over there, but, like, they're also one of the leader pe- leading people in terms of, like, animation. Like, where they're, it's just not a genre, it's a medium for them. Yeah, and I think um, when it comes to that sort of debate, I think it's it's really more focused on the U.S. and various other like uh, Western countries. I guess I mean France is obviously a Western country, but I feel like you, the U.S. and like say U.K. are probably the two countries that people think about that this conversation of like ah anime animated movies and shows and so that's just for kids kind mm-hmm. of thing props up the most. But then it's like, well, look at anime. There's yeah, there's like anime for kids and stuff over there. Doraemon is a thing. Yeah, Doraemon's fucking super popular over there. Like, <laughs> hell, like kid friendly show. But then you and you know they have uh, all the shonens and all the all that sort of crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah, you your Naruto's, your Dragon Balls, which are like for younger or like teenagers, I guess, like teenage young teenage boys and Yeah, then and then like, you have stuff like the Berserk, um Chainsaw old, Man. Yeah, or for a bit older audiences and then you get like um I mean, you get that same effect but with like girls and stuff with like Sailor Moon and like mm. uh what was that one? Um, Madoka Magica, I guess. Yeah, like the medical girl stuff. Like, like it's 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 really meant for as a medium over there, and it's, and I think, I think people give it a pass because they whenever they think of anime, they think of like, oh, it's clearly for like mature people, because like you know, there's fighting, there's blood, cursing, but it's like, no, that's that show's meant for kids. 
Yeah, like straight up, like uh, yeah, shonen is like like Japanese for like young teenage boy, basically, mm-hmm. which is like around twelve to fifteen. Yeah. So and that's still technically, if you want to get you know technical, young audiences, right? Yeah. Listen, if you're like a twenty-something-year-old and you're watching uh, Naruto or My Hero, you're watching something that's made for that intended audience. But you know why you're staying in? It's because the story is engaging for you, not only just as for, not only for kids, but also for adults, because that's kind of like what they attend. They essentially want, you know, a story that can be enjoyed by most, and in the uh, in the sense that, you know, it's a story that everyone can relate to, right? Yeah, you know, and that yeah, that's why I feel like at least this con- the conversation when it comes to like oh, you know, like animation just for kids it's just it feels like it's it's just mainly just based in the u.s and stuff and i mm-hmm. think part of that is sort of like um when you kind of dwell into the history of animation in the u.s um because like you know not again not to bring up the 80s or anything but like a lot of 80s shows back in the day were just toy commercials mm-hmm. you know your transformers your he-man um you know uh TMNT, all that stuff was like basically just uh, toy commercials, you know, like, hey, you know, here's some new characters, you know, you can get their toy figures and you do whatever you want with those, Mm. you know, and I think that's sort of like, I guess, sort of stigmatized, at least in the US audience of like, oh, yeah, these are just for kids, kid shows, you know, yeah, because yeah, all the kids are watching this and and it happens a lot within like other groups, places too. Like, it's not just in a U.S. thing, like, and, you know, going back to the anime thing, where, so, like, it's no secret I'm a fucking Gundam fan, right? Um, around the time when Gundam came out, it was still considered a kid's show, even though this was a show that was essentially a, a, a story about war, uh, the main character goes through PTSD, uh, a lot of war crimes are committed, a lot of stuff that happens in that show, um... Oftentimes they would like essentially like stand on their soapbox and be like, "War is bad," kind of stuff. War is bad, guys. Look at all the dead. Look at all the dead. Uh, you know, the one scene that I remember vividly is like, "Oh yeah, the kids, they're gonna, the, the those work orphans. They're gonna be okay. We're just gonna put them in the playroom," and they immediately cuts to like all the sad orphans on the ground crying about their mom and dad mm-hmm. being gone, and I'm like, "Oh god, this is <laughs> this is this is supposed to be a kid show," because like. It was a um, a show about a giant involving a giant robot, and what sells a giant robot toy, you know. Mm-hmm. So like it's 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 a lot of that, and I think it's also that the fact that hey, you know, we never really grew out of that idea that show that cartoons, whether it be like for TV or for movies, can be something that's also for can be enjoyed by adults. Transformers is now something that is also enjoyed by adults. Well, yeah, now, like, because nowadays, because I can think of, say, uh, Transformers Prime, that's, not to say that I think that was a more mature uh, story for Transformers, but it definitely uh, was taking that similar route to, say, back in the anime series and stuff, having a bit more, uh, like, respect for the lore and stuff. I mean, I know the, the comics as well have delved a bit more deeper it had more serious topics and stuff. And heck, um, when I look back at it, Bumblebee, uh, you know, the prequel movie, 
that's now basically a reboot to the Transformers movies, does have a neat uh, sort of like through line with its main character, uh, the girl, I forget her name, but she's sort of dealing with the loss of her dad and, uh, you know, her mom moving on to a new stepdad and, you know, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. you know. It's very much like I feel, you know, you know, she's going through that sort of, like, depression of, like, losing a family member mm-hmm. and that sort of, like, that narrative through line of the movie, you know, how she's going to have to deal with that and all this stuff. You know, so yeah, a lot more, more, a lot more of a, I guess, uh, emotionally mature story than say the other Transformers movies, which uh, feature Shia LaBeouf just trying to get laid. You know, <laughs> yeah, and like, and again, like, that goes to my point. Like, even then, then, like, you know, that's that's a live action point, yes, but like, you know, you had like, so, oh, what was that movie? Um, Nine. From Tim Burton. Oh my! No, what is it? No, it was it. I think it was produced by him, not directed, right? Or yeah, just... yeah, yeah, produce. Uh, it's one of the two. That was another one that was like surprisingly a more mature, like animated movie, right? And there's also Coraline. Anything made by anything made by essentially made by the, that that uh, studio Leica. Yeah, studio Leica. You know, they they definitely uh, sort of have the ball in terms of like creating that those sort of things. like surprisingly mature stop motion mm-hmm. animation. Cause like I remember like Coraline, I love that movie and growing and now seeing growing it seeing as more of an adult, I'm like, you know, this is kind of fucked up. And like I remember hearing the story, it was like um, that uh, the editor read it because it was originally a book. The editor read it to uh, to to his daughter, wondering if it was too scary or too, or good enough for kids. But the girl, the daughter, was like. I, don't, I didn't want to say anything because I don't want to make you mad. But yeah, that, that, that story scared me. And I'm like, yeah, looking at it, I can totally see why a kid would be scared of this movie. No, you're not wrong. But that actually reminds me of a quote by, I think, Don Bluth mm-hmm. back in the day where uh, I think it, it sort of sums up, I think, his thoughts on uh, animated films in general where it's like, um, you can show a kid anything as long as there's a happy ending. Yeah, and... I feel like a lot of people were like, "Yeah, but life isn't that happy." I'm like, "Nah, but this is a, this is a story. It's fine to have something good happen. You know, it's not real life." Yeah, you know, it is. Uh, you know, I think it was sort of his way of like allowing, because yeah, some of his movies, like I think Land Before uh, Land Before Time, definitely has some moments that are oh, kind yeah. of like a little dark. Um, but you know, Dude, don't we see the mom get killed by a T Rex? I think so. Well, not. I don't think she's like straight up like eaten alive or whatever but she does die yeah um but yeah you know there is like lots of those you know heavy themes of loss and stuff but you know at the end you you know these characters are able to like at least live a bit more happier lives and move on and stuff and i think that's what he sort of means where like you can show you know various struggles for these Mm -hmm. characters but as long as it sort of ends for them on a happy note yeah you can a kid can enjoy that because at the end of the day, yeah, you know, you don't want like I guess you, the I guess the idea is like most kids don't want to be depressed when they watch something. <laughs> yeah. So seeing something where it's like, oh, they're going through some struggle, but at the end of the day, you know, they it's they a nice it, life lesson. They made it through. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can move on, you can survive, and that's yeah. sort of, I think, what he sort of means by that. Yeah. No. Even then, I've heard there's been like a lot of quotes and like you that uh, kids can take it they take it can be surprisingly mature sometimes mm. 
it just kind of depends on you know how they're taught and raised um but like to 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 make a point i feel like a lot of people you know tend to forget that hey this you know it's it's still a story it's whether it be fiction or non-fiction you know that um it's a story that can be enjoyed by anyone and that's essentially what you want Mm -hmm. and and, hey you know plenty of people are gonna have problems with something you know they'll find something to be a complaint about or whatever especially nowadays um yeah you you said you wanted to come back to something um ah, crap well i think it was more of a no i think the uh it was mainly just that uh that sort of talk about like how when wet you know when we sort of think about adult animation right mm-hmm. it's it's always like the cursing and the, you know there's just a bunch of that stuff but like clearly i feel like there's been like various moments where that you know like i like you said yourself earlier with the pinocchio movie you know like you know Toro, that's that the the various themes and plots going on there seem way more adult than, say, Family Guy, right? Yeah. Because I think people misconstrue adult for, like, being able to curse and, like, do sex jokes and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, for, you know, instead of just being, like, more mature, mm-hmm. you know? Like, having more mature themes in, like, in your story... And I think that's sort of like that main sort of crux. I think most co- people commonly think about that, and you know, that's sort of like I don't know. It feels a bit more demeaning, I guess, because it's like, hey, you know, being an adult isn't all just you know, crash jokes and stuff. Yeah. You know? Like, there's like some serious stuff that goes on, and I think most of those shows don't. Or like most stuff that tries itself stuff as an adult and animated thing don't usually like just focus mainly on the fact that oh yeah we can do uh, R rated jokes and stuff now because we have that rating and stuff you know yeah. and it's like well I mean it, it feels a bit more juvenile when you, you that's the only thing exactly you do with it you know that's what it is right you know like there's there's no substance and like so you you saying that actually reminded me of like. Some mom- a moment where, you know, I was I was uh, just hanging out with some friends. We were watching, uh, happened to watch because we were talking about the Little Mermaid, right? And we ended up watching some scene, some ended up watching it, and like there was a moment with uh, Ursula, who uh, who is now kind of established to be inspired by drag queens. Well, uh, yeah, a specific yeah. drag queen. I just can't remember the drag queen's name. Mm-hmm. I apologize if I did if if you guys know. Um, but there's a lot of talk about like, yeah, you just, you gotta find a way to to seduce that dude. You know, you gotta use some body language kind of stuff. It's like, oh, that's a mature joke right there. Well, I mean, that's the thing too, because you know, Disney, mm. like, is able to, and yeah, because they've been able to slip in adult jokes every now and again. And mm. hell, when you think about it, uh, Disney has had some pretty dark moments. In those movies, when you really think about it, um, there's, there's definitely a couple that come to my mind, but I think one was uh, in the uh, end of Tangled, the the, the mom, because <laughs> oh, her whole thing was like she was using Rapunzel's hair to like keep herself young forever, but now that the hair is gone, that healing power is gone, and now she's 
slowly pretty much just turns into ash yeah you, you know? don't the thing is you don't and like granted you don't see it happen because she falls off the tower the, and she's yeah. in the cloak but when the cloak hits around just poof yeah she she that's tells you how old she was yeah she was centuries old yeah and you know when you think about it oh shit that's pretty freaking dark <laughs> and like it, it would be a lot more darker and not saying like you know we need to be darker or anything like no i'm, I'm never a fan of like no we gotta we gotta up the ante in the darkness like no i'm good i like some little hope here and there but like like it, it would be a lot more darker to see her like this like disintegrate slowly like from skin to muscle to bone to ash kind of shit don't get me wrong that would look so fucking cool it would. I mean, it would know. look fucking amazing, but like, like one, you, you know, you probably don't want to get that rating. But also, the implication of her being turned to dust is horrifying. Still, yeah, I mean, heck, because use your imagination. That's the whole point. <laughs> yeah, heck, friggin' Tarzan. Oh, sh- yeah, I know what you're about. Ends with uh, the main villain Clayton accidentally hanging himself and all you see is uh tarzan's reaction and then the shadow because it's like raining and thundering yeah you see the shadow of a hanging man and like i'm not gonna be on i'm gonna be honest right as a kid i didn't even notice the hanging man i just noticed the sword on the ground because that because that took the the you know that that takes the focus yeah yeah the focus because that's you know you know your artistic and like if you like and it's a quick second of like a hanged man and it's just like, oh shit. Like, I remember watching it back as an adult. I'm like, holy shit. Damn. Is that what happened? Yeah. You know? And like, like, and as kids, we never registered that. Yeah. I think most kids kind of just kind of gloss over it because it kind of yeah. happens a lot fast. Mm-hmm. You know, the sequence happens like kind of fast, but it is, you know, you can kind of figure, oh yeah, he's like, he's probably dead, but you don't know how. But obviously when you look back at it, oh man, he hung him. He got, he got hung straight mm-hmm. up. And, you know, that's sort of, like, again, that sort of, like, counteracts this whole narrative of of animated movies being just for kids. And granted, uh, I think Del Toro has said that, like, hey, listen, kids can watch the Pinocchio movie. I'm just, yeah, no, yeah, I've it's watched made, it. It's made for everybody. You yeah. know, I think that's this whole point of, like, a- animation is a genre, and you can do whatever you want with it mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know? Where it, you can make a film enjoyed by everyone, but it doesn't mean that... It's strictly for kids. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's exactly the point of, like, this whole video, right? Because, uh, like, you can make something that's for kids. Like, I've seen people, like, watch something that is, like, intended for kids. And, like, oh, you know, that that, that resonated with me. Um, you know, there was that whole conversation of, like, um, you know, the, 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 what was it? No, scrap it, scrap it. Um. But yeah, no. Sometimes you'll find something like on a, as a show or a thing and a movie, and you'll be like, "Oh no, this this right here, I I, I get this. You know, this this hits somewhere core." Like, uh, what, what movie was it for me? Um, Encanto was one of those kind of things where I'm like, I like it, it like it, you know, it was surprisingly a mature, uh, you know, still a kids movie, but there was like a moment where like, oh, oh, I get it. <laughs> Oh, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, and especially with Pinocchio, that one was another one that I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. Because, like, uh, with the Ganta, it was, like, the, the scene where the mother, or the grandmother, you know, how she lost her husband and, like, that kind of correlating with the history of that country. 
makes total sense. And, you know, same thing with Coco and, like, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's sort of, like, really interesting, you know, form of storytelling that's made for everyone. And, like, but has themes that generally are, you know, that everyone can relate to kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, even Turning Red, which is another, which I think is another Oscar uh, nominated one. Yes, I did mention that. Where I'm like, oh, I get it. I get it. That's, that's clever. It's about, you know, mothers and daughters and, uh, you know, coming of age, literally. Mm-hmm. And all that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, it all makes sense. Because I, I didn't really, I didn't really, like, pay attention to a lot of the marketing. I just knew it was called Turning Red, and she turned into a red panda. And then I was watching, I was like, oh, it's a, it's about that. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 that makes that makes sense, yeah. Because I didn't pay attention to nothing. All I knew was, it's called Turning Red, it's about a girl turning into a red panda. And then I was watching, I was like, oh, oh. Yeah, no, and then, you know, that makes, mm-hmm. you know, that and that sort of leads Krennic uh, credence to you know like what the turtle was saying yeah and just overall that hey yeah sure uh you know this movie is marketed to kids but like it talks more than just it isn't just a movie about a girl turning into a panda it has themes it has uh you know a, a story to tell a story to tell about those themes you know like it's a lot different from, again, the, the I guess I would call it the mindless uh, little animated things you put on for your kid when they get uh, cranky on your phone and it's just uh, some characters singing a song and that's it. You know, there's there's more to animation than just that, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of like saying film as a whole is just... A bunch of blockbusters featuring superheroes and that such when clearly you know the film medium has a lot more to it there's a lot more things you could do with the art of film and stuff you know Mm -hmm. and you know animation is just a lot of people can kind of might see it as a subset of film but i feel like i would agree with del toro animation in its own right is definitely a genre and not well a medium it's a medium that you can use however you want, whether it's 2D or 3D, you know, or stop motion or a uh, rotoscope, you know, you can use animation in any way you want to tell whatever story you want. Yeah, and that is a great way, you know, to, to sum it up. Because, like, there's, you know, so much you can do with animation. It can just be more than just one thing, for either for kids or for adults or for anyone, really. Ideally, that's what you want is to make sure like it's a, a story that can be enjoyed by many, and you know the the Toro is a champion of that, and you know I'm I'm with it too because there's a lot of stuff like even now whether it be like anime, um, Disney, um, whatever animated sh- thing comes out right now, I I'm usually I'm like oh yeah I'll go check that out and then I come back I'm like oh that was that was a good story because mm-hmm. I mean like. I guess I'm talking about the one that caught me off guard was how good Puss in Boots was. <laughs> well, yeah, how how that that movie is uh, kind of a sleeper hit, really. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I guess because I guess Puss in Boots has always been a popular character within the Shrek uh, franchise. That's how he got. That's how he got a spinoff movie in the first place with mm-hmm. the first one. But uh, with the way the second one uh, has been sort of 
received. Received, you know, yeah. I think, heck, it even, like, I know a lot of people have been comparing it to uh, Into the Spider-Verse in terms of how uh, its look. Because mm-hmm. it does have, like, I guess, similar vibes to it in terms of uh, stylistically, which I think is sort of a cool thing to think about. Like, oh, yeah, Into the Spider-Verse. You know, it's a 3D movie, but it heavily borrows from, like, the 2D aspects of making it look like a comic book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's several... I think I've seen clips of uh, Puss and Boots where they do several moments where it does, like... Yeah, they do more with the 3D animation than they've done in past stuff. Where I think... Uh, and I think it's just a thing with a lot of 3D animated stuff um, is that they try to go with sort of semi-realism for things most mm-hmm. of the time. Because, you know, 3D is get you know, you get closer to real life, you know, instead of just the 2D stuff. But I think with Poos and Boots and the Galaxy with Spider-Verse, they, they sort of do lean on, yeah, let's let's get, you know, it's animation. We can do whatever we want with this. Mm-hmm. Just because it's 3D doesn't mean we have to still, you know, be bound by the realism of, like, 3D objects. Let's just have fun with it. And, you know, that's kind of what uh, I feel like Spider-Verse and this new Poos and Boots movie have done, you know? Yeah. No, I totally agree, especially, and again, like, just to end it off on this note, a funny little story involving Into the Spider-Verse, I knew a guy who, um, who took his friend to go watch a new Spider-Man movie because he's, like, a big nerd, he, uh, likes Spider-Man, he went into it thinking it was a live-action one, and he was like, oh, no, it's animated, he comes out, that was a good movie, (laughs) it's like, yeah, animation can be good, good skin be good. Yeah, you know, that that definitely highlights, you mm. know, that like... And and I'll say this. We're not discrediting people who prefer live action because sometimes it's a little easier for them to relate to the emotions. But, like, animation is meant to be, a, you know, for everybody. Mm-hmm. And what were you going to say? No, I mean, that. I was going to say that, yeah, that, that definitely shows that, yeah, there are people out there that still view animation as just kid stuff, but... No, it can. It's it's more than that, you know. It can be whatever you want it to be, mm-hmm. you know. And I guess that's a good place to end this episode, guys. Thank you for checking this out. Be sure to follow us on all social media: Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Act the Geeks Materians. We are most active on Instagram. We'll find a link to all podcasts since we're officially part of like Apple Podcasts, Google Pod, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, all the like. And you'll find a link to the YouTube where you can put a face to the voice. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe on YouTube, and we have a Patreon for any kind of support. And yeah, that's been us. Uh, It's been your buddy Eli. It's been Joe. You guys have a good one. Peace.